Welcome to Holy and Whole, the podcast, a place where we help you learn to live life together through Jesus Christ and grow spiritually through life's ever-changing patterns. Each week, Pastor Scott, Luke, and Caitlin will present a topic or question, discuss their beliefs, and offer resources and guidance to help you live a holy and whole life. This episode, we're talking all about confirmation. What is it and why do we do it? So here we go. Everyone, and welcome back to the Holy and Whole podcast. I am Pastor Caitlin, and I'm here with Pastor Scott and Pastor Luke, and we have an exciting topic for you today to start the new year. What is the deal with confirmation? And I'm personally excited about this topic being the youth pastor because this is traditionally um, something that is done with teenagers, but we're going to talk about um, all the details of it, why we do what we do, and what goes into it. And um, I think it's an important conversation because a lot of times in the church, we just do something because that's oh, what we're told to do. Um, and we don't know why <laughs> we're doing we it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so let's just start off with what is confirmation? Well, hidden inside the word confirmation is the word confirm. So I think it has something to do with that. That's my first crack at it. Confirmation is, is a wonderful, really, creation that we have had in the Methodist Church. But do other churches do confirmation? The Catholic Church has confirmation. Yeah. So I think the Episcopalians do it, I think. So, so the big picture big picture oftentimes we baptize infants we baptize infants um, and then then at some point in the in the church in the in the the life of the the child we would hope that they would come and they would make a profession of their own beliefs because mm-hmm. during infant baptism the parents make vows and say things, their beliefs. But at some point, the child needs to do that. So um, confirmation is done at different ages, sometimes sixth grade, sometimes seventh grade, sometimes eighth grade, sometimes they wait for high school. But the concept is that we have a class to make sure to confirm (laughs) that that the kids are ready to join the church and make the vows, the profession of their faith, for themselves, so that's the big picture. That's a big picture. But your question is, what do we actually believe in uh, for confirmation, and what does the Methodist Church say about confirmation? Yeah, so it's curious to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I want to share my story about confirmation. Yes. Can I do that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I grew up in a Methodist church, in a very, very small um, United Methodist church, and of course, was baptized as as an infant, and obviously didn't know anything going on, but. I took confirmation, uh, I think when I was probably in fifth or sixth grade, can't remember what it was, but I remember it being like some of the worst times of my life. It was so miserable, it was so boring, and I had no clue what was going on. Mm-hmm. Now, why did I do it? Because it's what you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that was my fault of being immature or, or, or whatnot, also the other da- danger of saying you do this when you're at this age yes. doesn't take into consideration that some people are not mature enough Amen. to yeah. handle it. Because, I mean, it's really, yeah. So we had confirmation, and I remember, you know, we were given the Lord's Prayer, and you have to, um, it was scrambled up, you had to put the Lord's Prayer together. And there's some things I remember about it. I just remember thinking, like, what does this have any bearings mm-hmm. on, on my life? 
it never connected the whole thing of um, we're teaching you this stuff for it to form how you are. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know who's, could have been on my fault, but immature. Anyways, I do remember the way we ended it was we had a lock-in, which whoever invented lock-ins, I guess the worst idea. To me, it's the worst <laughs> idea known to the church in a long time. Like, I, I remember sleep, we slept in our fellowship hall on like the um, metal fold-out chairs. Mm-hmm. You had to put like four or five of them in a row and you laid on, and I was like, this is so miserable. We did get to get pizza and that, that was fine, but anyways, um, I guess in Provenient Grace, I could say it was a, somehow it formed me, but looking back, I'm like, uh, I don't think I was ready for that. Can I tell you my story of confirmation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was raised in the Catholic Church, uh-huh. and in the Catholic Church, you, you were, every church was different, but, but we moved from one place to the next. Right. So, in one church, you're supposed to be confirmed in seventh grade, uh-huh. and, and I was in sixth. Right. So then we moved to the next church in which you're confirmed in sixth grade, not seventh grade. And I was never confirmed. I was just never confirmed, right? So, so, and I, I, it's like getting out of a test. Yeah. You somehow, yeah, like I got out of it. it. But then, then I was um, 28 and I was saved, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, accepted Christ as my Mm -hmm. Lord and my Savior. And we were, we, we did things before I was saved in the church, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting. We taught the youth. So I taught the youth, but I wasn't yet saved. Mm. And then one of the kids said, well, it's time for confirmation. Um, and they said, but I'm not going to be confirmed because Scott was never confirmed. And look, he's okay. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, that's a terrible, that's a terrible witness. Mm-hmm. So I went through confirmation when I was 28. Yeah. And, the, and I went through the classes. And I actually found it to be meaningful because... Here I was, I had accepted Christ, but what did I accept? What did it mean? So, you know, like, so it was, for me, it was like um, a welcome to Christianity class. Mm-hmm. And, and I had been in the church and all those things, but they taught the basics. Right. The basics of the faith, which we, we make a lot of assumptions in the church. But the assumption is, you know, all the basics. Well, I didn't. Mm-hmm. So it was, for me, it was really Formative, right? I loved it because it taught me all these things. Yeah. But, well, yeah. When were you concerned? I was in middle school, and I don't remember much about it, so. In this church? Yes. Yeah. I didn't do it. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'll, I'll say as well, so one thing to understand is when we're saying confirmation, we're actually talking about the event of going before the church and confirming your faith. Amen. Well said. Well said. So, so the class, like that we're about to have this spring, that'd be better said as like um, uh, catechesis, yes. forming, Amen. instructing someone. So the confirmation is not actually, it, for the sake of simplicity, it's easier to say confirmation class, you know. Yeah. But the event, confirmation is an event where you come before the church and you. Amen. I like what a guy named Philip Town has said is you emerge from the waters of your baptism. Amen. You you are acknowledging Amen. like, hey, uh, my parents, their faith spoke for me for all these years. I've I've grown up in the faith and I'm owning this as as my own. But but catechism is really what is what we need. Amen. And when you go back and look, you know, um, Can you explain what catechism is? Yes. So catechism is like an oral instruction, uh, being instructed in the faith. Uh, and the way the early church did it, um, 
was there was four primary things. You talked about the basics. Yes. Like the basics would be, you start off and you know the Apostles' Creed. Yes. Which the Apostles' Creed is the briefest, grandest summary. Yes. <laughs> There's a reason we ask every Sunday, hey, what, what do you believe? Amen, amen. And, and that's what we So yeah, the Apostles' Creed was, was a basic. The Ten Commandments, pretty good stuff, right? Was basics. Uh, the sacraments. Yes. So for us, that'd be Lord's Supper and uh, baptism, and then the um, what was it? The, the, Lord's, the Lord's Prayer. Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. So those four things were like the basics of that was our foundation. Yes. You really think about it, Christian teaching. It's like, yeah, those four are, I would say, undoubtedly are the, are the basics. I think the issue, and I think we are seeing, we are reaping the not good effects of it in the United Methodist Church is that we haven't even taught those basics. Amen. We, we, there, there's a curriculum out there. Amen. Praise God, we do not use. But in there, you know, it has you go through and it says, why don't you write down what beliefs are important to you? And, and it, it tells you, write your, write your own creed. Oh, like, oh, oh, that's terrible. And the, like... Oh my goodness. And that flows from like us want to be individuals and well this matters to me and this doesn't matter to me. And that's why we're in the mess we're in the Methodist Church is Amen. because we just kind of believed anything we wanted to believe. Amen. And, um now if the church at all time we've said, I believe in God the Father Almighty. Amen. Maker of heaven and earth. And so um, you know, when we when we think about being catechized, we are taught those those just basics. The um the the Didicade, which was the First, like Christian teaching, around 300, I think it was. But it said there are two there are two ways of life. The way of there's two ways to live: the way of life and the way of death. And in catechism, we're saying this is the way of life. Amen. You you may be on the way of death, but live live in this way. And when we turn confirmation into something of just do it because your grandpa wants you to do it, or this is what we do in sixth grade, uh, we miss what's really going on. It, well, amen, amen, and and there is it is impossible. To teach the faith to a person in six weeks or eight weeks or 12 weeks. It takes your life. That's, that's why it Amen. says in Deuteronomy, right? Begin teaching your children when they get up, when they go to oh, bed, yeah. when they walk along the road. Mm-hmm. Teach them. Because, yeah. because it takes an entire life to teach the faith. Mm-hmm. It's not a few weeks. It's, you know, and you graduate from confirmation but you'd never, you never, yeah. you never graduate. If we think, how many weeks is confirmation? Um, this time it's ten. ten. Ten weeks, an hour or so? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So to think like in 10, 12 hours, we could learn everything there is to know. I like it. I think it was, I can't remember who it was that said, you know, and it wasn't until like Asbury, my, my degree at Asbury, but someone said to me, you know, the whole purpose of education isn't to teach you a bunch of stuff, but to teach you how to learn, for you to learn how to learn. And, in, and to me, confirmation and catechism does that. It sets those basics that this is our foundation and this is how we learn and grow and um, we learn stuff, how to read the scriptures. And you know. So this is what we're doing. Yeah. So the, the class structure is we're going to read the um, Gospel of Luke. So each week, basically two chapters, a couple times three chapters. But, but um, you read the scripture. You ask questions. Mm-hmm. You write them down in a journal. Mm-hmm. We come, we're going to discuss that. Yeah. Then we'll teach a main topic, um, grace or all the different things we mm-hmm. talked about. And then um, we're going to have a means of grace. Yes. So the concept of, so scripture, 
a topic and then how we're drawn closer to the Lord mm-hmm. and how we receive His grace. Yes. Yeah. The, um, justifying grace and sanctifying grace throughout our entire lives. Right. How can we be connected to the Lord? Right. But but you you can't teach all of that mm-hmm. in ten weeks. Right. You yeah. can't. Yeah. yeah. It, it's one of the beautiful reasons we have the Apostles' Creed and we we're saying the Lord's Prayer. It's so the kids in the contemporary services know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They should know that. Yeah. And there's no, no greater thing than to sit in church and to hear the little children right. professing the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, I always, right. I always, I get so quiet so I can hear the little kids because it's fantastic. And, and that in and of itself is catechism. That, and that's happening. And, and the beauty, I still love it. So I am very thankful for my upbringing and that no one ever, like, officially taught me the Lord's Prayer. I just heard it. Yes. And I think that is so formational. Amen. And, and I'm not a big, I don't, yeah, but anyways, um, just hearing the Apostles' Creed, and when you know, wait, this is said every single week, that already starts to, to mm-hmm. form us into a certain type of people. But, um, yeah, I think you talk about the means of grace, and, and, you know, that, those who don't know, means of grace is essentially like how we encounter God Amen. every day. Amen. It's kind of a toolbox, if you will, of how do, I, um, how do I live out the Christian faith? So let's see, in the means of grace, we've got uh, searching the scriptures, mm-hmm. prayer, baptism, Lord's Supper, works of mercies in there, fellowship, fasting, joyful thanksgiving. Worship. You said worship? Worship. Okay. Yeah. Can't remember what I've said or not. But it's all oh, these sorry. different things. Sorry. It's all these different things that we say, hey, we should actually avail ourselves to these every single day. Yes. You know, and it helps form us into these into these people. Um, yeah. Because we're catechized. We're instructed in some certain way of, of learning, whether we realize it or not. So, so in the big, big thing of life, so if we spend, if we spend three hours a day watching Netflix, come on, in 45 seconds reading scripture, what are we being formed by? What are we being formed by? And, and you know, yeah. I, I, I often... And I've said, yeah, right. Exactly. So, you know, you're so proud of yourself. You're like, yeah. man, I read my devotion today. <laughs> I read both verses, and I read the whole <laughs> devotion. Now, I didn't yeah. read the, the additional reading. Right. I didn't go that far. I didn't far. answer the question. But <laughs> I didn't do those, but but I read the scripture, both verses. Yeah. And then you spend hours watching Netflix. Yeah. So, amen? No, it, it, it is a... So, so, we're fighting against the world. Mm-hmm. In the formation of our children, right. so so during the process of catechesis, mm-hmm. the we're fighting against the world. So mm-hmm. are we teaching it, which is winning, mm-hmm. which has more time, right. um, which has more focus? We asked the parents this time to read the scripture with their kids mm-hmm. and talk about it, yeah. because isn't that what the family unit mm-hmm. does? Isn't isn't most teaching done at home? Right. In, in the formation, what we're doing is really the icing on the cake, but mm-hmm. the, the cake's formed yeah, in hell. Yeah. So, and if you connect, um, without confirmation, infant baptism is pretty much like inappropriate in a church because you baptize an infant and there is a proclamation and covenant entered into that we are going to raise, not just the parents, 
but the church itself mm-hmm. is going to raise this child so that one day they will own their faith as their mm-hmm. own and, and live it out. So, you know, if we're real faithful in infant baptism, um, which I am, there has to be that instruction, that catechism that is already happening in every place, but also the serious, almost like surge of stuff, which is essentially what confirmation is. Yes. It's like a surge of this is how we, this is how we live. And confirm, and, and it's like we're saying, mm-hmm. okay, you've heard a lot of sermons mm-hmm. uh, teaching about baptism mm-hmm. or Holy Communion. What are your questions? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you know, a child is going to hear things mm-hmm. and they, mm, I don't quite get that, but the, it's not like they mm-hmm. raise their hand during right. church and ask a question. Yes. So, so that's the, the mm-hmm. conceptually, they have a time to do that. So, and what we're doing this time is we ask questions about scripture so that they're comfortable asking mm-hmm. other questions. Mm-hmm. So, so that's yeah. the, the hope, you know. Um, and then at the end, we're, we ask the people, do you understand the profession that you're making, I, you, you're going to accept Jesus as your Lord mm-hmm. and your Savior. What does that mean? How mm-hmm. do you understand that? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we how, how do we understand confessing our our, our sins? How do we um, understand accepting forgiveness, granting forgiveness, all of those things? Right. So it's. It should be a year long, at least. Well, oh, yeah, it should be yeah, 13 years yeah, long. Yeah. Really? You know, the struggle of the church, too, is that... Well, so, I love that it is middle schoolers. Because the beauty of middle, middle schoolers, they're not as prideful as adults. Adults will adults are usually too afraid to ask a question. So then they'll have a question, or their child will have a question. They'll answer it with sometimes heresy, because they're too prideful to find out what it really is. And so then we have heresy floating around. But middle schoolers aren't afraid to ask Amen. those, like, really, really, really tough, difficult questions. You say, praise God that you're actually wrestling with this. That is the most craziest question I've ever heard, but it's an incredibly valid question Amen. That, that you were asking. And, and then I love it that, um, you know, they start stumping the parents. Because one of the problems we have in the church is that we expect um, youth or children to be confirmed. But what about adults? Adults, we Amen. think we're exempt from it. Right. We Amen. think, well, back in 1998, I got baptized, so I'm pretty good. So yeah. I'll be, I'll be fine. It's like, um, well, I, I was confirmed when I was 28, and yeah. it was incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. We had a parents meeting this last mm-hmm. week, and one of the parents said, "We said what we're going to do in the class," and they said, "Can we go through the class?" Yeah. So after we have our mm-hmm. confirmation classes yeah. for the kids, we're going to do it for adults. Because it's amazing, mm-hmm. you. To, we need to have a place where we're able. Not everyone was raised in the church. Right, right. Um, we were. I was personally out of the church for decades. Mm-hmm. So, so how, how am I supposed to mm-hmm. learn if, yeah, if there's not a yeah. place for me to learn? Right. And so it's a joyful yeah. process of teaching, and it's fun. Well, go ahead. What was the hardest question you've ever been asked during confirmation? Oh. Can, can I give you yeah, mine? Can I, I, I give you yeah, mine? Yeah. So, so one of these kids said to me, and I can picture she was actually, she was actually in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. She we did a retreat, and her her sister was being confirmed, so she was present, but but she was in the classes mm-hmm. and stuff. She wasn't being confirmed, and she said, "Well, so Pastor Scott, can a per
person be redeemed out of hell? Can God do that? And I thought, this is a fourth grader. That is a mm-hmm. profound, yeah. beautiful, wonderful yeah. question. Right. And, and, and we struggled through the answer of that can God, well, God can. Oh, Will yeah. God? You know, mm-hmm. so, so there's the great, but it was this wonderful. And then she kept going with all these questions. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. This is, <laughs> this is yeah. Because yeah. where do you learn? We hope, we hope that people learn theology in and through reading scripture and in and through our sermons. Mm -hmm. But I think real teaching occurs with questions because it's the wrestling Mm -hmm. with the questions that helps us to say, well, I don't know. I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of that. Mm -hmm. So I I find great joy in that. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, there's always the, um, there's always the question I feel like of, um, really why doesn't God just go ahead and get rid of the devil that one that one you know and, and amen and, and you're like yeah there's I got, I got that question too um, oh I, I guess mine will always be that's a good question it's a, though. Great, it's yeah. a brilliant question yeah. it, it, it really is because you're wrestling with the seriousness of what's amen. what's going on it also shows our need to talk more about spiritual warfare <laughs> but that's another conversation maybe another podcast um, oh the dinosaur one always that Every single, I feel like every Bible study I've ever had, like involving youth or, or middle schoolers, like, so what's the deal with dinosaurs? Where did dinosaurs fit in? And um, of course, me being a Jurassic Park nut, I'm like, oh, let's talk about this more because I love them. Um, but, but, but I think this church does a really great job of um, understanding what it is we need to be teaching Amen. These, these youth so that they will one day and teach their children, and it would keep it would, it would keep going. Um, but I think being clear as well about what it is that we believe, there's no better way to be clear than I'd say those four things: Apostles' Creed, Lord's Prayer, Sacraments, and the uh, Ten Commandments. Like the, this mm-hmm. is the foundation of who we are. And I love what y'all are doing with reading the Gospel of Luke, and just seeing like, hey, actually, this is the. Uh, it's it's great to read the Bible at home, but the best way to interact with the Scriptures is in community. Amen. Like it was written for, is written. Amen. The the scriptures belong to the church. Like it is, God has given it as a gift to us. And so when we wrestle through that, and then the beauty of like, you know, well, okay, uh, Billy's reading this, and Billy got this out of that passage, but Sally was reading this and got this out of that passage. Amen. And you go, oh, how Amen. beautiful is the body Amen. of Christ? And Amen. Amen. It, uh, it's it's really it's really interesting. So yeah. No, what it sounds like, y'all have done a great job in explaining that confirmation is the time to delve into why we do what we do and what we actually believe as a church and because we do hear those things every Sunday and you know what does it really mean I think it's a time of equipping the the students of like you said it's not just a 10-week course but this is a lifestyle so we're going to equip you to to live this lifestyle of faith and um, it is a time of learning how to learn learning mm-hmm. how to be a continual learner because that is what a disciple means right mm-hmm. student um, we're yeah. learning how to be students yeah. um, so as we're talking about confirmation we are entering into a time of confirmation with our own youth um, what kind of encouragement maybe would you give to parents who have youth going through confirmation right now or in the future I love the verse. It, is it First Timothy four twelve? 
Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for believers in speech, love, purity, I think it is, and faith, maybe. Um, but I think as, because what this class, what this catechism class is going to do is going to kind of spark thoughts and questions in the minds of children. Yes. Where my hope and prayer is that sets an example for the parents at home of, oh, wow, my children are wrestling with this. Have mm-hmm. I been wrestling with it? And, and, and to enter into the freedom and the joy of asking the questions of faith. God Amen. delights Amen. so much. I, for me personally, I feel like God is most happiest with me when I'm just like, huh, what about this? But I really, you know, and like, like God delights it because, because then we know we are free to ask these questions. We know He is a good God and we know there's, well, we do have limited understanding, right? Amen. So not everything we're going to figure out. Understand, Amen. but but I think just encouraging parents, like, hey, enter into that freedom. Just Amen. ask to ask the questions. Yeah, that's um, in in the freedom to not have the answers. Oh yeah, well said. You, you well know, said. Yeah. you know, because as you said, um, we have a limited understanding, mm-hmm. and it's pretty arrogant. I mean, extremely arrogant to think that I could have all the answers related mm-hmm. to God. Like mm-hmm. who's bigger, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So who created who? Yeah. So to to be able to ask a question and say, you know, I don't know. Yeah. What does Scripture say? And oftentimes, there's people interpret Scripture differently. So are we faithful mm-hmm. and confident enough to talk about? Yes, there are some absolutes. Yeah. But yes, praise the Lord. There's things that we wrestle with and and. Different denominations see things differently for mm-hmm. for good reason, right? You know, and it's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So I I enjoy the questions and also the freedom to not have the answers. Yes, yes. Because when we do have all the answers, it actually tears apart our theology. Because then we kind of say like, well, yeah, God's God, but He's kind of this demigod because we got Him figured out. And when when you start when you start to figure everything out about God, you're like, oh yeah, He's just some sort of some other God. You said something that spark. Um, Someone say talking about the different nominations, but confirmation is a great time to learn. Like, what does it mean to be Wesleyan? Amen. What does it mean? And and I say Wesleyan instead of Methodist because we're, we're, we're Wesleyan. Wesleyan. <laughs> yeah, we're more Wesleyan. But um, to to for us to learn, like, okay, when we say that, what what do we mean? But also, how do we have love and respect and joy for other denominations and understand, like, hey, uh, yeah, we we do differ in this. But it's not a it's not a a, a a macro difference. It's a micro difference. Amen. You know. Amen. Um, we're still part Amen. of that holy Catholic Church, Amen. which we confess Amen. each and every day. And because um, you know, there's a lot of jokes about what Methodists believe, and usually doesn't have anything to do with what we actually believe. So it's a great opportunity to, to learn. And, and, and the crazy thing is, many Methodists don't actually know mm. what we believe. Right. What we believe, there's there's richness and depth mm-hmm. to what we actually believe. Yeah. The, and the shallowness of many people's understanding is um, embarrassing. It is. So, so yeah. in, confirmation is not the fix. Right. It's, it's, it's a step along a beautiful, lifelong journey yes. of learning. Yes. You, know, you don't arrive. We just don't, you never arrive. So I think it's important for us to continue on the journey. Can I say something about what we as Wesleyans really believe? Please. 
Well, Wesley said that the methods for those who live by the method of the Bible. But I'll go a little bit further. I think as, as Wesleyans, we are those folks who, who I think God has called out to champion uh, and to really live into sanctification, to, to live into the new birth. Let's think about it. We are born again. You preached about this last week. It's coming up amen. this week again. Amen, amen. Like, we are born again for a new life. How do we live into this new life? What does it mean for the old to be gone and the, and the new to come? That, to me, and that's what has attracted me so much to being a Wesleyan. It, it's like, wow, this is such a champion of this. Of this. Um, in, 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 in the thriving, in, 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 well, in striving yeah. to be better, but to know you never right. arrive. Never arrive. And, never and there's arrive. no pressure to, to, to be perfect, yet there's a hope to, to, to be grace-filled, mm-hmm. you, you know, to do our very best. So it's, it's this wonderful, yeah, try, yeah. really try, <laughs> but it's okay, but try. Yeah. Like yeah. live a holy life, Stop, read scripture, pray for people. And, and, and the reason we want to be holy is because, because we're supposed to be holy, but also it's much more joyful being, mm-hmm. yeah. being the way God calls us to be because we were created to be that right. way. And you know another reason we do confirmation is give because, huh? So give it to us. Okay, like think about the Great Commission. Is, is, <laughs> there's a lot of emphasis on baptizing, right? Yeah. But it is, like you can teach them to <laughs> teach them everything. Teach them, to, teach them to obey. Yeah, everything I've commanded you. And it's like, oh, like we better get to work on that. Yeah, everything. So, so it is a um, confirmation catechism is a beautiful process. That has to be done in a joyful way. Because two, we're dealing with middle schoolers. Oh. So if you can't make oh. it exciting. Oh, amen. And, and God's given us a creative ability amen. to to say, okay, I, we can make this fun. And and in the confirmation classes, does it really matter where John Wesley was born? And why do we spend why do we spend like right. six weeks on his personal history? While important, why don't we yeah. talk about the child's, the kids' uh, hope right. and history right. instead of John Wesley's? Yeah. yeah. So, so one of our Sundays is not. We we talked about this. We're like we're not spending a, a week speaking about history when it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. and the kids are going to turn off as soon as you say history. Right. I mean, they're out. <laughs> See, and the biggest problem, because God has raised up a few nerds in the world um, to know about Wesley. But but when we talk about Wesley, you know, it's all, I'll be blunt, like, it's all boring stuff. But, I mean, dude was involved in a guy being raised from the dead. Amen. Like, and, and, like, you start talking about people being raised from the dead. Amen. I don't care who you are, I'll be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, amen. Amen, you amen, amen. And so it's like, we, once again, I think it's one of the weaknesses of the United Methodist Church is that we focus on all the wrong things like hey yeah we can talk about Wesley let's talk about how God did use him amen in, in, in an incredible way and, and look at the power that comes from living this this new life because this is not meant to be a religious studies or history class and that's what it can so easily turn into is a religious studies history classes and so yeah. it, it, it just but there is a method Right, mm-hmm. so so when we feel joyful and drawn to the Lord, okay, it's fun. Yeah, but 
but but we fall back on a method, mm-hmm. right? Read scripture, pray, celebrate Holy Communion, mm-hmm. um, speak to other people about scripture, come to worship. Mm-hmm. We do those things um, out of obedience at times. Mm-hmm. It, but so if there is no foundational method, then when we don't feel like it, we don't have anything. Yeah. The method matters. Right. It really does matter. The habits, yeah, right? That's so it, awesome. it, like the holy habits matter in the times of weakness, in the times of strength. And we're in the mountaintop and we're like, oh, this is great. Praise the Lord. Right. But but in the valley, when you're struggling, those methods do help draw you back yes. to the Lord. So the habits matter. So while it's That's, boring, yeah. it's incredibly important. And especially as like a middle school or high school. I mean, I'm removed from it, but I can still remember how dark and difficult uh, those days are. And when you are equipped with, okay, when you're, that's so well said, Scott. When, when you are in that valley, like, we can go to scripture. You can come to worship. You can, we, when we don't know where to turn, these are the place, what you're saying, these are the places that we turn to. Turn to worship corporate worship in the church turn to these things and you might not feel it but because of God's provenient grace he is always working and so I love that you said that that's so in, good in the in the other the the basic and I call them children because I'm old but but middle schoolers middle schoolers need to know that they are loved that they're created in the image of God. There's so many body image issues, for, especially for young ladies, especially in middle school, that that they need to know those things. So it has to. It can't be said once. It has to be this continual repetition of, "You are loved. You are created by God. God loves you. You have a purpose and a plan for your life." Because they're at that age, they're trying to figure out life, and they're kind of they're floundering around, mm-hmm. especially in the world in which we live. It's just, it's hard, especially for, for middle school, but especially for girls. Yeah. So they need yeah. that. They yeah. need that. Yeah. And this is a time to, to feel discipline that you pray would turn into a desire and a delight one day. Oh, come on now. Yeah. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, that's good. This has been a wonderful conversation about confirmation. Do you all have any mm-hmm. last words about it? One more thing. You talked about the parents and like stuff yeah. they can be doing, but if if the confirm hands are working through like trying to learn these things the parents should join them you know say okay and, and y'all are going to teach the, the adult class but um, if they're reading the gospel of Luke you read the gospel of Luke yes the parents should yes, do that yeah, and, yeah, and to sit know? at the dinner table and discuss yeah, it you know um, it, it's if you're I guess if your child knows the Ten Commandments but you don't that's probably an issue <laughs> Well, you know? you, won't they know that it's not important? Yeah, yeah. Don't, our children watch us. Mm-hmm. They learn more from our actions than Ooh. from our words. So, so if we sit with them and learn the Ten Commandments, right, it's much more important they go in the other room and learn them and come back and tell me you learned them. Right. So, Amen. Amen. The other that I would say about confirmation, which we said at the first class to the parents is if you're not sh- sure your child is ready to be confirmed, send them through the class. Because we're going to ask at the end, do you really believe this? I don't want you to stand before the church and say, I believe, if you don't. And it's okay. Take it again in two years. 
when, when they do come up on Easter Sunday, which is an ancient tradition in the church, Amen. that it should be Easter Sunday, that's when folks are baptized and confirmed and the whole nine yards, um, is that a lot of renouncing happened as well. Like, we renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness. Like, that's powerful. And yeah, we, we, we accept the grace that we've been given and we renounce and we, we reject. Amen. We renounce, we reject, and there's something else. But like remembering, like, at uh, the same time of us receiving things, receiving this grace and living into it, we're rejecting the fact there is a deceiver with designs to destroy. Uh, and as they're entering into the issues of body image and all these things you've talked about, like, hey, Amen. I'm rejecting that. I'm, I'm renouncing all Amen. these things, living into the power. And, you're, and the beauty of confirmation is it not just you up there, you're doing it. There's, there's people with you. Yeah, you're reminded you you are you are actually in community Amen. with folks. We we don't stand alone. We don't stand alone. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you guys for joining me, and we hope that together the church would be in prayer over our students going Amen. through confirmation, yeah. and hope to continue this conversation. Yeah. And after is it afterwards? That the adults are going to be doing it, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure that'd be open to not just parents, but anyone, Anybody. anyone who would like to be joining that too. Yeah, amen. Well, we look forward to seeing our youth joining us on Easter Sunday, and hope you guys are joining us for that too. Amen. So, thank you guys, and we'll see you again next time. Amen. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you liked today's episode, share it with a friend. Subscribe on your favorite listening platform so you don't miss the next episode where we talk about the book For the Body by Timothy Tennant, the first feature book in the One Book Club starting January 26th. Visit our website for more information. Again, thanks for listening. Go in grace, go in peace.